you for tuning in to another episode of Negative Space, the podcast that celebrates the uncharted and overlooked. I'm your host, Sean, and today our guest is Christine, the genius behind Half Moon Monsterico. Christine is not just selling plants, she is planting seeds of joy and knowledge for everyone in the upstate. Before we begin, let's have a word from today's sponsor. Found at the end of the bricks at 308 Trade Street, Blue Ridge Brewing invites you to enjoy the heart of downtown Greer. Join us every Tuesday night with yours truly from seven to nine for trivia that tickles your mind and tacos that tantalize your taste buds. Dive into their Taco Suppressa, a trio of tacos always crafted to delight. It's a taste adventure waiting just for you. Blue Ridge Brewing, where flavors blend and memories are brewed. If you would like to support Christine and Half Moon Monstera Co., along with other vendors, you can join them tonight at Traveler's Tap Room, the Service Industry Night Pop-Up Market from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. August 14th. Now, without further ado, let's hop into our conversation with Christine, the owner and operator of Half Moon Monstera Co. So I'm Christine and I somehow ended up in the retail plant shop industry. Um, and it was a long story and it was a calling that I did not know existed uh, for me. I initially started, well, I'm gonna back up. So I grew up in a small town. Originally I was born in Atlanta and we moved to a tiny town called Westminster, South Carolina. It's tiny, if you blink while driving through it, you're gonna miss it. Um, it's tiny. Um, I grew up with grandparents that farmed, so corn, tomatoes, all that, I'm great with. Um, I went to school for art. Um, I did that for a little bit. Um, and then I relocated here because I got into a relationship, like a lot of us do. And we broke up. And I was stuck in the cycle of like bartending and everything else. Um, and then I realized Greenville didn't really have like the kind of industry in the art world that like I would thrive in. Um, so I got obsessed with plants. Specifically, the variegated, rare forms of genetic tropical plants. And I went on a spree. My home became a jungle, and I realized how much joy it brought me, um, especially with my mental health. Um, so I decided that I was going to turn this crazy hobby and obsession into a business and teach people about plants and open up a shop. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey. When did this obsession begin? Oh gosh. After my most recent relationship ended, instead of like going out on the town, meeting people, I got lost in the internet, the Google search, the, the everything, and I just found a Monstera Alba, specifically a half moon, which is what I named my business after. And I went down the rabbit hole, just Googling everything. Um, and then I bought a crap ton of plants and my house is a jungle and my friends joke and say that my business now is the new boyfriend and that's why I'm still single after that last relationship. It's been like over a year now and this is my new boyfriend, it's the plant shop. So um, I would say that the business officially started last September, so we're coming up on a year now. Um, but the obsession started maybe a year and a half ago, and it consumed me. And 
my pets think it's really weird. Luckily, they don't show any of my pets, but we got pets and so you started a business in the middle of a pandemic. Not kind of. At the tail end of a pandemic. At the end of it, yes, basically. So like probably like literally a year ago was when it transitioned to a business. And I realized too that the whole pandemic, like, you know, the part where like you're shut in your house and can't do anything would have been way better than just having my cat mm -hmm. and nothing else like I couldn't do anything so like having plants to take care of or experiment with would have been kind of fun so, yeah I think it's great for people's mental health because if you don't feel like doing much that day it's not gonna die mm -hmm. it's not gonna die and if it does it's a plan it's not like you're taking care of a puppy or a human child um, so I think it's great for people's mental health to like look over in the corner and like oh probably take care of that today because it is a living thing mm -hmm. so it does provide some motivation but it doesn't provide so much commitment that it gives certain people anxiety about so I do like plants for mental health the pandemic would have been easier if I had a health plant oh I'm, I bet <laughs> I, th I think I went crazy <laughs> It would have at least improved the air quality in everyone's homes. Right. More than by marginally. Yeah. Like, more than marginally. And then when they shut the parks down, because, you know, everybody that wasn't outdoorsy became outdoorsy because there's nothing to do. And then everybody with the parks were like, no, we gotta, we gotta stop this. You can't have fun. How dare you? Go home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is it about plants that you find to be so healing for people's mental health? Well, it's, it's the essence of like having something to take care of. Um, they change very slowly, but um, I think it gives us something to, you know, wake up and have to do. Um, but it doesn't provide such like a tasking tasking energy, it's not draining, it's like, you don't have to have it on a schedule. I know some plant people are like strict on their schedules with their plants, but like, it's just nice having greenery in nature when you don't feel like going outside or doing anything. It like naturally just kind of lifts your mood a little bit. So, I do like that aspect. <laughs> yeah. Helps me out, so. My bedroom is like completely filled at this point too. So you live in a jungle. I live in a jungle. Um, with two cats, or no, two dogs and a cat, and um, yeah, and I have grow lights all throughout my house. It's a little crazy. And they come on on timer, so they're my alarm clock. The lights. The lights. Perfect. <laughs> I was, that's, you don't know how good that is it for your mental like health. <laughs> I'm waking up with the sun instead of a, you know, an alarm, so mm -hmm. that also helps too. So if you get obsessed like me, you get to wake up with artificial sun, basically. Oh yeah. Cool. That's very smart. Um, you mentioned you went to school for art. Mm -hmm. What kind of art were you going to study for? So I did uh, fashion and commercial photography work for a while. I worked yeah. with several companies in Florida for a bit, and then when I relocated to Greenville, um, I thought maybe Greenville was ready. It was not ready. You know, Atlanta and Charlotte were more ready at that time. This was about eight years ago, um, before Greenville was really on the map. And um, 
I worked with modeling agencies from Atlanta, Charlotte, and it was kind of like a middle ground for people that didn't live in those areas. Um, so it was great for that, but it wasn't sustainable. Like I was not making enough money. I had a studio, but like I was barely paying the rent for the studio, and so I had to make a choice. And I went back in the service industry, which I initially started as like a line cutter. Um, and just like doing odds and ends, prep, prep cook, line cook, all that kind of stuff. And then so I swore I would never go back in the service industry. Um, but I ended up bartending. So that actually helped my people skill a lot. <laughs> I went from the quirky, shy artist that couldn't talk unless she was like behind a camera to like somebody that could kind of communicate with everybody. Hmm. Any kind of walk of life like, I had an interaction with because of bartending. So it's definitely helped as far as like communicating with people um, and just understanding others. Take a sip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you go for it. You're like, ah. I was looking at it. Definitely a summer beer. Like it. Okay, you had, you went to school. You got into the industry. Then you were a line cook. Oh, no. No. No, no. I was a line cook um, when I first like went to college. My, my parents did Okay, like, okay. Yeah, I guess I could elaborate. No, bit. you're fine. Okay. I was just very impressed. I'm like, I have never met a person. I have met very my few people. My first job was a cook. So I was like it. 18. My parents were like very strict on like, you're going to go to college or get out. Right, 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 and right. So I was like, mm. well, I don't know what I wanted to do. Okay. And college was different. Like when my parents were it was like, you had to decide. You knew what, what you, you wanted, wanted to, do. to do. And I had no idea. I was like, uh, I'm not gonna waste your money, Dad. And instead of him being like, oh, that's an adult decision right now, he was like, you gotta get out. So, so you I left. became a line cook. Yeah. So. Okay. In college, or just like that was, was before. So I went to college at a community college, Tri County Tech. It's in the upstate. I went there for like a year. And I think I failed every class I was in. Like, I just wasn't motivated because I'm the kind of person that I have to see the end goal. Like, why am I doing this? What is my motivation? Right. And I was a very rebellious kid, so my motivation wasn't, well, my dad says so. Because he pays for my car and my housing or whatever. So I was like, you know what? Like, no. I'm wasting his money financially. And if he doesn't want to take care of me financially while I figure myself out, like, totally understandable. He doesn't owe me that. Probably a different mentality than some people these days, but he doesn't owe me that. So I decided that I was gonna, and he did help me. It wasn't like he just cut me off. Right. But it was a firm, like, I didn't really, he went to college, I think, like, one semester. So to him, it was more like, I want my children. You're gonna go to college. And so, um, it was tough love, I guess, but like, um, I did go back because he kept saying like, you'll never go back. I did go back. Um, but yeah, I had, I had several jobs as a line cook. I also did like bookkeeping for a local electric company. Um, and then finally decided to go back to school. And I kind of worked in silence because my dad like pressured me a lot. So like, I didn't tell him I was going to school. So 
the pressure from him. What are you doing? How are your grades? You got mm -hmm. tests coming up. It just would amplify my anxiety. So kind of worked in silence for a little bit. And then I finally moved to Florida to go to Daytona State where I finished photography. So, yeah. did right. You did go back. You did finish. I did finish. But I was a little rebellious at first because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And right. it's a lot of pressure to figure that out now as an 18 year old. Right. When do you want to figure that out? At 18 or at 50? Whenever it happens, naturally. <laughs> I mean, ideally. As soon as possible. With my anxiety, I would like to know right now how right. everything is going to unfold, but it's not realistic. Not how life works. Mm -hmm. So I happen to find my calling a little later in life. I'm going on 33 now. Um, I'll be 33 in a couple months, but. Yeah, I found out a little later, and I think that's the beauty of people. Like, you can change your mind. You can change your path at any point. It's hard. Because um, every time, like, you might be starting over from scratch, you might not be, but people change, your minds change, your bodies change, everything changes. Um, you can learn and grow, and sometimes it affects your business as well and what you're currently doing. So. I don't know. I just encourage everybody, like, if they're feeling like they want to go this route, but they're scared, whether it's financially or not, like, go for it. You might end up broke, but at least you tried. At least you tried. Because, like, I would rather try and fail than end up, like, wishing I had tried. Yeah, that, um, regret. Mm -hmm. That is not a good regret to have no, on your it's not. soul. And I don't want to ever feel like I'm bored. Like I didn't do everything I wanted in life. Like, wow, I lived a really boring life because I was too comfortable and I was scared to take the risk. Like that just doesn't sound like if legacy, like, that sounds cheesy, but like, that's not what I want to leave behind. Right. Oh, she was too scared. She had all these ideas, but never she was wanted too scared. Take a leap and see where I land. You're growing. <laughs> I'm growing slowly, but it's it's scary. I'm not gonna lie. But I realize that if I don't do this, then I, I fought the idea of like, oh, I want to work for a company. I don't want to be my own boss, but I think that's my mentality. Is I'm supposed to be my own boss and do my own thing. So I'm just gonna roll with it. See where the cards fall, and hopefully it's. Not a bad, not a bad deal. <laughs> so why plants? Oh my gosh. So my grandparents, um, they molded my childhood and adult life, my entire life, um, like crazy. Um, they always had a garden. They were always growing stuff. Um, my grandpa, it's so funny. You know, things that are regulated like cotton, tobacco. He'd grow like a couple of plants and he thought he was breaking all the laws. He thought he was bad. And it, he was like the most innocent person ever, but he would have like, I think he had like three tobacco plants. Like, I just wanted to see if I could grow it. I'm like, okay, well, the government's not gonna come get them. Like, they have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> he never tried to repot. Um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't into that stuff. They didn't drink or anything like that, but like, it was so funny because I was like, he's just trying to grow cotton and that's so regulated, but like, he thinks he is Mr. Billy Bad over here. So, um, they inspired me a lot. I, I think it's crazy that they passed after this obsession took a hold of me because 
he would think it is absolutely crazy that I'm working with these tropical rainforest plants as opposed to like corn and tomatoes and stuff. Um, they grew everything. Um, and then my sister is taking that on. She's got a farm in Missouri now and she's growing asparagus, all these fancy tomatoes. Like, it's just something I feel like we took, a gr took for granted as kids. And then when we got older, like we really started to appreciate it. So I think it's crazy that I went from growing up in like a farming aspect of life and then I don't know, my grandfather would think it's crazy. Like, what are these plants? I don't know, they're from South America. They're really cool, aren't they? Like, never seen anything like that. So it's it's just crazy to think that he would just be like in awe over what I'm doing. So, cause it's, it, everything's different. The soil, the temperature, the treatment is different than growing like veggies. So, um, it's just different. He would be in shock right now. So that's also kind of my motivation and inspiration to do what I'm doing so and it was really cool because speaking of that we me and my mom and my aunt uh, went to a the southeast plant show that was down in like Gwinnett County Georgia my aunt lives down there and that's all they kept talking about was like your papa would be like in heaven knowing that you're with all these crazy plants like their minds were just like blown mm -hmm. not only at like the price tags but like the colors the varieties like everything and just like the community that it has mm. so it's very different but it's also very similar to what my grandparents did so, yeah. speaking about community mm -hmm. <clears throat> when you started this endeavor how did you see your community come around you so at first i was like well yeah there's when I first got the idea of a plant shop, I was like, yeah, there's plant shops around town. No big deal. Like, I didn't realize that there was a plant community. And I also didn't realize how many people are just even, like, not completely submerged in the plant community, but just the community in general. Like, how many people are actually interested in it, but don't even know where to begin. So it's been really awesome like meeting people that will see like my plants, especially when I do pop-ups uh, pop around town. They'll stop and be like, what is that? And they ask me questions. And it turns out they follow me on Instagram and they feel more connected to me than they do if they go to like Lowe's or Home Depot. It's an activity that can bring people together. And then also like if you're introverted like me, you don't, you know, they're just in your house. It's not like an activity you have to go do. But then there's a community where like, you can just DM me or someone else within the plants and be like, hey, what's wrong with my plant? It's looking a little funny, there's some spots. And people generally will help you. Yeah. And I've even seen on like some of my plant forms, like people be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, your plant's dying. Like, and they'll be like, I'll give you a cutting so you can have another one. Like there's just, it's so friendly. Like, I don't think I've ever met someone that, or I haven't yet anyway, that just thinks that they know everything about plants. And they're just so friendly that they, they want to help everybody out. There was like one instance on the forum where like people were like, hey, I'm going out of the country for like an internship. Can somebody watch my plants? And they were like, yes. 
and it's crazy. It's crazy because it's dance, right? It's not like a puppy or a child, right? right. So it's like crazy that these people will come together for this beautiful little hobby, just taking care of plants that grow very slowly and they don't really ask a whole lot. Mm -hmm. They don't have a voice, so they're just there chilling and people come together over yeah. plants and it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a really good community to be a part of. It is. With the community. Mm -hmm. And their ability to be so open about it. Yeah. What do you think it is that lets them be that way? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think honestly, if you can love a plant, you know, something that can't talk back to you. It can't interrupt with you. But you get joy from just taking care of it and watching it thrive. I mean, that's kind of selflessness. Like, it's a different type of person that will love and care for a plant and have that passion because you just don't, you don't find that in a lot of people today. So it's like, oh, I need help with my plant. People are like, yes, I want to watch you thrive. I want to watch you be the best plant dad or mom ever. Right. So it's, it's been very accepting, um, even with like when it comes to LGBTQ, um, just everybody. It's just like, if, if you like plants, we're cool. Because I, I just feel like it's selflessness. Really loving, big-hearted people who hmm. like plants. Helping, helping their neighbors grow plants well. Taking care of something that asks literally nothing of you because it physically can't. Right. I don't know. I just feel like that's usually people with a big heart could do that. Not everybody has the time or patience. Like I know a ton of people that are like, yeah, I don't really care to have plants. And that's okay. But she's a different person. I don't know if it's okay. <laughs> I know that sounds I know that sounds very judgmental of me, but I'm just like, I think we need to all learn how to take care of plants. We we could all benefit from it. And again, it's good for mental health. It's good for mental health. But and I and maybe you can correct me on this, but I just feel like if you can take care of a plant, you can probably take care of yourself enough. I like, think that's and that's just like the first out. step of it. It's like, yeah. okay, there is this thing here that I can definitely make sure to water on schedule. It depends on me a little bit. Right. <laughs> and then, okay, I, I depend, I depend on me. I need to take care of me. Yeah, it's, so. it's, a, it's a cycle. And again, like <laughs> if for like two days or whatever, you can't get out of bed, it's not going to die. So like, I get it, like you get depressed and you don't want to move, I get it. Like, you don't want to think about anything, like totally get it. So I think it's a good balance of like, okay, yeah, I need, a, I need to water that plant or like I need to rotate it. I can just get up and like move it a little bit. It's a very small step into like getting out of bed mm -hmm. and making me do something with your day. At least one, one task. One task, one task, one yeah. thing a day. One thing a day. What is your biggest advice for new plant owners? Ask questions. Okay. And don't get lost in the labels that you get from the big box stores. Um, half the time that they, they label it wrong or it's very gen generic. Like um, 
I have a Philodendron Pea Princess, and then I have another one. And they're both moody, and they both require different things. Just slightly different things. One loves to be super hydrated, the other one does not. So like, it all depends on the plant. You kind of figure it out what they need, like in the first like, couple weeks of having them, but if you just stick to everything and don't like let the plant talk to you and tell you what it needs, then you might end up with a dead plant. And they're very obvious, like um, the bottom leaf, oldest leaf starting to yellow. Like once you kind of know the signs, and like, oh crap, okay, I'm doing something wrong with the water. Or maybe they have root rot, or maybe there's a fungus happening. You know that there's something happening that's not right. In your case, it was water. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll buy that stuff. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to it a little bit, but changes with plants happen a lot slower. So they're great for mental health where like, you know, it's not gonna die tomorrow. You know, so it's, it's great. But yeah, I would just, I don't know, ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. Don't be scared that you're doing something wrong. If you find something that someone says works, like if you Google something, keep looking. Find like several options because if that one option didn't work, you've got this backup option and another option because they're all a little different. Yeah. What's the biggest recommendation? And one answer may inform one answer may inform the next question. Right. Right. It's really, it's really helpful. What are the top three plants that you recommend for gifts? For gifts? Ooh, so unless your friend is like super, super into plants um, and knows what they're doing, I would recommend something like a string of turtles. They're super easy to take care of. They're really cool looking. They literally look like little baby turtles and they hang. They, they hang off stuff. They look great on a bookshelf. Um, the other one I would um, the regular Monstera, no variegation. Um, if someone moved into a house and really needs to like fill up some space, like a regular plain Jane green Monstera, super easy to take care of. Um, and then also the Chinese money plants. I can't pronounce it. It's spelled P-I-L-E-A. It's pet friendly, super easy. You've got the big round leaves that are definitely like unique rather than like a snake plant, which would also be good, but everybody's got a snake plant. Um, now I just feel like a cliche. Yeah, <laughs> don't get a snake plant. I have tons of them. You do? Some people love them. My mom has a million and she's like plant expert, but she loves them. I bought them for the express reason of Basically, rather air quality, indoor yeah. air quality. That was it. That was the. I was like, you will live in my house now. And they're easy. They're so okay. easy. Um, but if you want something a little different, I would definitely do the monstera. Monstera. String of turtles. Um, the palia Chinese money plant. And then, did you ask for three? I three. I, I mean. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that is the mark of a good salesman. Yeah, right I there. I love in. that. You want pictures? I got pictures. We'll Which get pictures. Like? <laughs> <laughs>
We will get to pictures later. Okay. That'll be good. Okay. But <clears throat> what, on the flip side of that, what are the three you should never buy? I don't want to say never. Let me, okay, let's rephrase this. What are the three plants that new plant owners probably might want to avoid if they want to feel good about their newly found recreational skill in taking care of plants. So yeah, that was technical. Don't get anything variegated. Before you get anything variegated, take care of the non-variegated version, whether that's a Monstera Albo. Don't get the Monstera Albo yet. Get a regular Monstera and see how you do. Because when you start getting into the variegated stuff and the genetics, because that's what it is. It's like a mutated gene that's happening. And um, when you get into that, they are way more sensitive with water, with light, everything. Everything is more sensitive. If the moss pole is too close and gets too wet, you have an issue. Like, do not recommend for first time plant parents because everything and anything can have gone wrong. Like, I have killed four very expensive Monstera Albos. One was in the beginning of this journey because I went through a breakup. So I was like, yeah, let me just splurge. It made me feel better for, I think, like a month. And then I was like, oh no, it's dying and there's nothing I can do at this point. Because I was still learning. So definitely take your time and practice. Um, but start with, if you want variegated plants, start with a non-variegated plant first and see how you do um, before you invest that kind of money. The other thing, there's certain plants that just don't like people. For example, Calatheas hate me. They hate me. They're picky. And then I'll meet somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I've never killed one. I love them so much. And I'm like, cool, can you just buy all the ones that I have in stock real quick so I don't have to deal with them for too long <laughs> before I accidentally kill them? They just hate me. Anything that I do, they don't like. They don't like me. And that's okay. You know, you have that in life where people, Calatheas do not like me. Um, they are moody. So if you are a little skeptical about it, maybe just start with Apophis before you go into Calatheas. They're really pretty. Grandmas can take care of them really good. My mom takes care of hers. I don't know how. I don't know how she does it, but she does it. Um, also, the other thing, Calatheas, Alocasias hate me too. They do, they hate me, but they're pretty easy. Like I, I sold a plant to one of my coworkers. She loved the con contrast of this alocasia. I gave it to her. Mind you, I have a plant from the same patch in my home. I've only ever gotten it to grow two leaves. She's like pushing like eight. This thing is massive and she's a first time plant mom. I don't necessarily not recommend alocasias for beginners, but they don't like me. So it depends. But another thing that I would not get, oh, I don't know, like, anything that requires a ton of humidity. So like some of the rare plants, um, the tissue culture thing, like don't, don't even think about it. You can get a really rare plant for cheap, but like, don't. It's just so finicky as far as like the humidity goes. Um, yeah, I've got like the really rare begonias that have that iridescent look. 
Yeah, it sounds enticing, and it is. Until you decide to take care of it. Until you spend like a hundred bucks on this little tiny thing, and it needs like 80% humidity at all times. Yeah, very controlled environment. You basically take it out for your Instagram pictures and put it back. And that's what a lot of new plant people don't realize. What? Yeah, it's like a What don't they realize? That some of these plants can't thrive in the humidity that we're used to. They are from the jungle. They require like 80% humidity. And Where do we sit today? Right now in this room, it's, it's an average room temperature is gonna be about 50% humidity. So I have um, my glass greenhouses in my home that range from like 80% to like, well, I would say 70%. And then I have like my little tiny one for the babies can reach 90% humidity. How big is that? Is that like on a table or is that um, so a room in your house you've converted? It's not a room. I'm not that obsessed, not yet. No, yet. Not yet. Um, so mm. I got on this pick about the IKEA greenhouses. You can follow it on Instagram. It's the IKEA greenhouse cabinet. Um, someone started this blog. Basically, you can buy one of the glass cabinets from IKEA. The cool thing about them is they're fairly cheap. The metal is already like, um, it's not gonna rust. It's already coated. So you could buy something cheaper, but then you're gonna have to paint it so it doesn't rust. With all this humidity and moisture in there, it, it will rust if you don't have to write coating on the metal. So I went ahead and bought like one straight from Ikea. So I didn't have to paint anything, didn't have to worry about that. Um, so I got on that kick. Um, and it's basically a glass cabinet that I've sealed up and I can just regulate the humidity. I have grow lights, I have fans to circulate the air and it's very flattering in my house. It doesn't look like just plants in a box or like a tent. It's, it's something that when I have people over that can look at, admire, ask me about and it's a way to showcase my plants. Um, and then the other one that has the higher humidity Again, I bought it at the same time. It's a tabletop mini greenhouse from Ikea. And I weather stripped it, sealed it up basically, controlled the humidity, and it just sits on top of the bigger cabinet. So it's like two, two levels kind of. It looks really nice. And um, that one just has more humidity for the younger plants that I'm growing. So it, it can be smaller. Yeah. Um, because they, they're like this they're big. They're like teeny. Like or even tiny. even smaller. Yeah, yeah, they're tiny. Um, so I do plan to add more because obviously this is an obsession. Um, but yeah, it's it's really worth checking out on Instagram because it's really really cool and it's a nice way for you to be able to showcase your plants that do require a lot of humidity. So if you do jump to that level of being a plant parent, it doesn't have to be in that store. People will be like, oh, I see why you like this plant so much. It's right. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, and see, it's not dying. It's not dying. It's thriving. So, yeah, there's a lot of plants that, like, people are posting on Instagram that they're just literally taking out these cabinets. For five to ten minutes a yeah. day, maybe. And a lot of new plant people don't realize that. So, definitely do your research. Don't just get it because it's pretty. Start small. It'll save you money later. Start with the basic Monstera before you purchase that $400 elbow. So. Got it.
I think we had to talk about that. I was like, is we this didn't. for you? No, like, how much not me. Know? Not me I at all. Bad. I feel bad selling no. plants to people that are newbies with it that are that price because if they can afford it, cool, that's great. But then also, what does that say about me as a person? Like, Correct. I know you can't take care of it. I'm trying to warn you. If you insist, yeah, I'll sell it. But Well, I mean, you're your work as a bartender you know people try to get things that they yeah. really shouldn't have you're like you don't need 12 shots for yourself calm no, down you're yeah. good no you don't need this do we really want to do that do we need to buy this plant just to let it die in your home let's not do that yeah and then you're mad and at I'm, me because you think that you've got no. like a faulty plant and really no. it's lack it, of understanding one it's me and two it's not for me thank you thank yeah, you very right. much it is for someone that has worked with plants for a very long time who knows them very well. Yeah. Well, that's just my character as a business owner. Yeah. I don't want to sell you a plant that, you know, you, you, you thought was pretty and then it dies and then you're angry with me or my business. And it's like, no, these are very, very picky plants. So I do tell everybody, like, you do know how picky they are. You, you do know, like, it's right. kind of a risk. So. Because plants are one of those things, they're, they're a live creature. So if it dies, is it because I gave you a bad plant or is it because lack of knowledge for letting it thrive? How to take care of it. Sorry, I got distracted. Somebody pulled me out of the room. It's okay. There's a bachelorette party downstairs. I thought that was so loud. When they walked in, I was like, are you all Girl Scouts? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, one of them actually had, like, a little yeah, hat. Yeah, I was like, is it, is it that time of the year? Like, <laughs> when does that happen? Because I usually buy, like, cases of them. It's coming soon. Rack. Sometime My around. My managers have kids, like, girls, and they're yeah. in that. And I'm like, Ryan, I need, like, four cases. Yeah. You know they get them early. Huh? You know they get them early, right? The Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. Okay. I figured. But I bought them through, like, his daughter, so she can get Yeah, her, like, right, right, yeah. Or whatever, but, like, yeah. I mean, them now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I would get them pretty early because he's at work so much. Like, we don't buy the cookies. There you go. We get angry at work because we don't get breaks for food. I mean, we do and we don't. We do and we don't. I heard. At your <clears> own risk. <throat> at your money's own risk. You can get Do you notice your plants talking to each other? No. I don't know if they do. I know like with trees and stuff, they communicate through their roots and stuff, but since they're all in individual pots, because they all need different stuff, I don't know if they do. I think they vibe together. I think they hang out together as far as like communicating. Like rustle something a little over to the next plant over said. Yeah. How's the day going? Yeah. We good. We good. She forget you too today. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which one's the favorite this week? Oh, Ooh. Yeah, I do have favorites. Do you? How do you treat your favorite plant? I almost take care of them too much. Like I'll overdo it. So it's probably a love and hate thing for them. But at least I rotate my favorite. Like it changes. That's every helpful. Week or so. When did you start noticing that you were having a favorite? 
did you do it on purpose? You're like, okay, every week I'm gonna make a new favorite. No, nope. it was a subconscious thing. So at first I got obsessed with the Monstera albums. Again, what I named the company after, so obviously there's a soft spot for them. And I obsessed over this one, and I killed it because I obsessed too much. Once she died, I started having more love for other different kinds of plants. That's when it turned into a business because I started getting more plants. So it was like a blessing and a curse. Yeah, coming full circle now. I, I loved it to death. so many questions. Yes, <laughs> you loved, loved it, it to death. death, and then your dream had to die. No, so then, it made the dream. It, it, I was about to say, this dream you had had to die for an even bigger dream. Basically. To come, yeah. it's my, like a phoenix. My breakup coping mechanism died. And then I was like, oh, well, let's just make a business and buy more plants and it'll be a tax write off. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, I'll just be a silly LLC for me to write off this really expensive hobby. And then I was like, wait, no, no, no. I actually want to shop and do pop ups and sell plants. Mm. Yeah. At first, I was just like, these are too expensive to like not claim on something. Oh yeah. Heck but now, yeah. now it's a business. Now it's, it's a, a business. Legit business. Good. Wow, that's so funny. Yep, I killed it. I apologize. It's not funny. It is Oh it's funny now. <clears throat> it is comedic. We'll go with that word. Ironic too. Definitely ironic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah she died. So that's why like I'm always like do you know about this plan? Do you have any questions? And then usually people are like, oh yeah, I've been researching these for months. And I'm like, okay, cool. All right, then. Your mind is made. You've thought about this. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us today and exploring the untold stories that enrich our lives. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to share this experience with your friends and family. Subscribe to Negative Space on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Substack, so you'll never miss an inspiring tale. Your support means the world to us, and by sharing these narratives, we can together shine a light on the hidden moments that shape who we are. Reach out to us through the links in the description. Remember, the canvas of life is filled not just by the strokes of the obvious, but also by the beauty of the negative space, the spaces between the stories that define us. Until we meet again, may your life be filled with colorful tales and cherished memories. And thank you for being a part of Negative Space.